Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on CornerofTheGalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guestman, coming to you on a Thursday, November 5th. LA Galaxy eliminated from postseason contention with a 1-1 trial to the Seattle Sounders. We're going to talk about that game, talk about how the other results around the LA Galaxy sort of made this game uh, not a thing. Uh, so we're going to talk about Chicharito's goal, Chicharito's apology tour that he's on as well. Get you ready for a little bit of Vancouver as well. Um, and by the way, uh, just in case you just tuned in and we're a couple minutes late starting the show, uh, I'd like to tell you that we're scheduled to have General Manager Dennis DeClosa on the show, and you should probably go tweet about that because I didn't get a chance to. It's a last minute. So Dennis DeClosa should be coming on the show in about 10, 12 minutes, uh, and we'll talk to Dennis for however long he wants to chat about the LA Galaxy. And uh, like I said, go ahead and uh, and, and get those, uh, those tweets out right now, and hopefully we'll get some more people joining um, as it goes along. All right. Uh, it's an exciting show. It was sort of last minute that we uh, that we got Dennis, so uh, we'll see how quickly we can adapt to all that. But I want to get you through a little bit of this LA Galaxy team, and if we have to pause for a little bit and talk to Dennis for uh, however long he'd like, we can do that as well. Uh, by the way, uh, FYI, no hammer tonight, uh, and no no co-host either. I have not done a uh, a solo show uh, on this channel since basically the pandemic started. The very the the very last Thursday that we had. Um, right before everything shut down. The day it shut down was a Thursday, and I ended up doing a solo show that night um, to sort of you know set the stage for everything. So I haven't done one of those in a really long time. So I figured now was probably a good, as good a time as any. And uh, looking at the LA Galaxy, the way they played against Seattle, who was one of the best teams in Major League Soccer, um, who didn't play relatively well, uh, also didn't start all their starters. Uh, but when you look at the LA Galaxy and what they did, they actually played a pretty good game um, on, uh, on Wednesday night at Dignity Health Sports Park. So... Uh, it's going to be a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, you know, just sort of taking a look at this game, looking at some of the players and then, uh, you know, eventually we're going to get to who stays and who goes on this team. Uh, I want to get you through some LA galaxy news as well. So, uh, LA galaxy one, one draw with the Seattle Sounders zero, zero at halftime. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Dennis, to uh, Dennis to see who I've got on my mind. Uh, you had interim head coach, uh, Dominic Kinnear put out a lineup that was basically exactly the same. Um, except for the fact that uh, Jonathan Dos Santos was out. Um, and so in his place, uh, Sasha Kleschen started. You had Sebastian Legette in there. You had Yoni Gonzalez out on the right side, Pavone on the left side. Um, and then Zubak starting up top again, Araujo out on the right in the back, Gonzalez, Steras, Insua, and then David Bingham in goal again. It was interesting, though. Uh, one of the things I definitely want to point out is Justin Vom Stieg was on the bench instead of Jonathan Klinsman. And that was sort of a question mark. And one of the reasons it was a question mark um, is that uh, is that we we heard that he was a coach's decision. So Jonathan Jonathan Klinsman was a starter whenever Guillermo was here. Then, uh, you know, when Dominic Kinnear took over, you had Jonathan Klinsman move to the bench in place of David Bingham, the, the veteran. Um, and then you go and you see that Jonathan Klinsman is not on the bench for this game. So we asked, we inquired. There was a little mix-up, not on my side. I gave you the information that I was given. But a little mix-up about his injury, uh, or a little mix-up, and I was told it was a coach's decision, which would have been, oh, now all of a sudden Jonathan Klinsman can't even sit on the bench. He was a starter under uh, under Guillermo. He was, you know, sitting on the bench whenever uh, Kinnear came in, and now all of a sudden with Kinnear in his second game, he's not even on the bench. It would have been a story. It's less of a story whenever you realize 
he was just injured, and that's what it was. So anyway, uh, Justin Justin Blomstead got the start or got the bench uh, place there uh, for the backup goalkeeper. You had Depew on the bench. You had Rolf Felcher, who eventually would come in and play on that right side. You had Joe Corona, um, you know, who was uh, who was in the midfield or who was on the bench there. Kai Kareniuk, Efrain Alvarez, who would eventually come in. Carlos Harvey, Emil Cuello, and then of course Chicharito was on the bench, uh, which was a little bit of a development. It was something that I think we we sort of expected. Um, especially after all the social media posts recently sort of pointing to that fact. Uh, but Chicharito was on the bench and and ready to rock and roll. So, uh, which was, I, I think, a good thing for the LA Galaxy uh, whenever you look. Jonathan Dos Santos uh, still out with a left uh, calf sprain. Uh, and so we'll talk about his availability coming up for Sunday as well. Um, here's the thing. When you look at this team and how it was set up, I, I enjoyed it. I thought this was a, a really sort of one of the better starting lineups. The problem is, that with Zoo back up top, you're, you're kind of in a weakened position, right? You're in a weakened position because you know that he's going to get some chances, but he's probably not going to finish chances. His job there really is a hold-up guy. Um, and as a hold-up player, uh, Zubak has some success. Uh, he can be used as a relief valve. He certainly was in the RSL game. Uh, he can be used as a guy who can sort of hold up play and uh, and do some things that can allow the LA Galaxy to run off of him, but he's never usually very successful in doing those things. So, um, it's just, it, it's, uh, you're, you're sort of playing with 10 and a half players on the field whenever Zubak is up there. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure that's a little harsh for, for Ethan Zubak, but at the same time, uh, the galaxy really need, you know, a, a striker, a multi-million dollar striker. Uh, really they need somebody like Chicharito up there. Um, but a Chicharito who scores goals, uh, would be the best thing to see. So, uh, with Zubak up there, he lost a lot of balls. He was physical, but not in any positive direction. Uh, he had a good shot in the first half that was saved and tipped off the bar if we remember that one uh in the first half he had dan stairs who got on the end of sort of a scramble play off a corner kick whenever uh stefan fry came out and tried to punch the ball and that sort of went haywire and sideways and everything else that you'd expect and then the ball gets bounced back into the center and there's dan stairs ready for the header uh he heads it and, and alex rolled on uh, somehow uh gets his head on it as he's protecting the goal line and the ball goes up hits the hits the crossbar pretty squarely bounces almost straight down and stays out of the uh out of the goal so at first it looked like maybe he had gone in um but whenever you saw the replays it was never really that close but the galaxy had some some good chances in the first half uh that really probably should have been put away uh certainly talking to dominic Kneer after this game you got the sense that he was upset that they didn't capitalize on more goals that they didn't do uh, more things and so uh when you look at that this galaxy team kind of underperformed that having said that the, the expected goals were almost exactly the same for seattle and for the la galaxy i think they were both around 1.3 um in terms of the game flow which means that really they were probably both equally as dangerous and seattle saved their danger i think a little bit more for the second half because i thought in the first half the galaxy did a pretty good job of of controlling seattle so um this is this is one of those things that you look at and say against a very very good team uh, like uh, the Seattle Sounders, who again, you know Jordan Morris started on the bench, um, you know Christian Roldan started on the bench. I'm trying to see who else. You know they had you know Wilburn Wilburn sort of a, as a substitute um, uh, in in a lot of this stuff. Uh, but when you look at it, they didn't exactly go you know balls to the wall to try to come out here. They rested some guys and they they were trying to get a result. The crazy thing was. 
that Portland was hosting Colorado, and this was one of the games the LA Galaxy were watching. Uh, and so it was expected that Portland would win that game, uh, and that would help keep the LA Galaxy in it. There were basically two playoff positions the LA Galaxy could hope to get into. They'd need to win their game against Seattle regardless of what happened. Uh, but you were hoping that, uh, that Portland would beat Colorado, um, and you were hoping that uh, in the other game that LAFC would beat San Jose. Uh, the Colorado-Portland game was a little bit beforehand, and so Seattle knew that Portland had lost, and really there was a chance for Seattle to go uh, top of the table in the Western Conference on points per game. So there was a, a little bit of added bonus. Plus, Seattle had just beaten, uh, or, or Colorado had just beaten Seattle prior to this. So uh, you look at those things and you say, okay, you know, this was there was extra motivation here uh, for Seattle to sort of do these things, and uh, and with that. Uh, it seems like perhaps the uh, the the LA Galaxy would be in a bad place. But uh, I had said before this game, and in, in our Discord, and if you're not part of our Discord, we have a lot of chats about different things. And so somebody said, you know, what is it, what will it take to sort of beat Seattle? I said, if it is zero zero, you know, in the 80th minute, the LA Galaxy have done a good job in this game. And I'm about to tell you that there were a bunch of players on this LA Galaxy team that I thought did not have good nights. And at the same time, I'm going to tell you that as a team. They played better than they did against RSL. Okay, so I, I know those are sort of they're back and forth and back and forth um, in terms of you know trying to make sense of all this. Uh, but I think Dominic Kinnear probably agrees with me. Um, I think that a lot of the LA Galaxy players probably agree with me uh, as well. This was a patient game, and it's something you did not see from Guillermo Barrascoloto. We've talked about this so many times, right? We've talked about that Guillermo Barrascoloto is a guy who would always go for the wind, who is always, you know, sort of gas pedal down, is always going to run through a brick wall, is always going to do all these things, right? And but he's not very cautious sometimes, or he's not very conservative sometimes. And because of that, it's like the, um, you know, it, it's because he's conservative, he, he gets beat a lot. The, the LA Galaxy would put in some nice shifts, right? And we've seen it. Like, uh, you, you've seen them, you know, go 45 minutes and have a good half and then, you know, lose in the second half or play 80 minutes of good soccer and then collapse and sort of everything falls apart. Um, you know, mostly with Guillermo, it was allowing a goal in the first half and then having to chase the game where you can't be conservative, right? So you look at all these things and then you say, um, you know, is that going to work? Is, is all that going to work? You know, how, how, does it, how does that play out? And with Dominic Kinnear, it plays out much differently than with Guillermo Barrescoloto. Uh, Dominic is a guy who is um, patient, uh, he he gives his guys simple instructions, and I think that everybody sort of beat this to death because it's something easy to talk about, but it's really important to sort of grasp a hold of is that Dominic Kinnear is able to get you know more out of players, especially in MLS, because he's able to um, sort of take things and and simplify them and then allow creativity off of these simplified ideas. Uh, you know, the Galaxy are talking about cues that they have to press forward and attack. All right. So whenever it's like whenever you're going to see that high pressure that sometimes the LA Galaxy put on and they did put it on in several instances in Seattle, but it wasn't a full on out, you know, high press for the LA Galaxy. Uh, that's important to sort of note. Uh, they were they were cautious. They were they were optimistic, um, you know, in some of the some of the chances that they took in terms of, hey, we're going to we're going to speculate a little bit that this ball is going to be in this area. And if it does hit this area, you can see everybody move forward and sort of slide into, you know, those attacking and those pressing areas. So um, I think that if you're looking at this game and what uh, Dominic Kinnear was able to do and what everybody was sort of able to do um, in terms of 
you know, getting um, some some positive outcomes in the earlier earlier part of this game. I think the LA Galaxy were really successful in that. It may not have been a great offensive showing, and it wasn't. Uh, because we know that, you know, like I said, Zubak missed one. We know that Chicharito missed a sitter in the second half. Um, you know, we we see the chances that the LA Galaxy had. We had people Gonzalez hit a, a wide open header wide. Um, you know, the, all of these things, you see these chances coming in for an LA Galaxy team that is going to struggle with offense. Um, you have to sort of expect that, you know, just a little bit. So, um, you know, ultimately the LA Galaxy probably could have scored a couple more goals in this. Uh, XG says that it was probably a pretty even game uh, whenever you look at it. So maybe Seattle probably could have scored some goals in this as well. Uh, but right now, uh, under Dominic Kinnear, this is a much more balanced team. This is not a team that goes balls to the wall or anything else. All right, uh, we're going to take a break from my little game stuff here that I got going on. Uh, and in order to help me, uh, uh, or, or I guess I should say an honored guest back on the show, we're, we're glad to have him, uh, is general manager of the LA Galaxy, Dennis Teclosa. Dennis, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Can you hear me well? Or because I, I wear my I, I headphones? Yep, so. yep. Yep, I can hear you perfectly. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I know it was a little last minute, but uh, we've been trying to do this for, for a week, and I know you're a busy guy, so we really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Um, Dennis, let's let's start a little bit uh, in the past here, obviously, uh, with Guillermo Barrascoloto, uh leaving, and I, I know you've talked about this. It, it wasn't an easy decision for you, and you've sort of talked about that. What was... What was the timing? Why why the timing right then uh, to to uh, to part from Guillermo Barrascoloto? Well, first of all, it's it's obviously a sad uh, event um, starting the project with him um, almost two years ago. Uh, obviously, at that time, uh, in in a positive way, and and and. He coming off a, a, a very successful stretch of, of coaching teams in, in Argentina with a great eagerness to come into MLS and, and ability to, to understand the, the league's difficulties and, and everything, uh, the ideal candidate and, and sought after by a lot of teams both in, in, in the US and, and abroad. Um, not to make the story too long, but I think we had a lot of positives last year, which uh, I think we we uh, we set as as our our thermometer or as a, as to set some goals for this year to build further upon. And obviously, coming into the playoffs last year, winning a game, not being able to play a home game, there there's li- the little things I think that that could have done better, but. Overall, and we we step we, we ended the season on a positive uh, with a positive feeling to to further uh, build, and this year um, we haven't been good and and uh, very very extremely inconsistent in all in all ways with on and off the field, um, and it ends up in a way that uh, that is obviously sad and and difficult for everybody when when you part ways when when you start a, a relationship uh, a while back with the best intentions. But uh, I think at some point uh, there, there was, uh, and it could have been even earlier, but we try to give every single ability to, to get it right and to support and to back up the idea that we were here for the a longer period of time idea. But it ended up with obviously a difficult uh, game in in Portland, and 
with with still the the possibilities to make the playoffs, but also lo- looking to the future, we thought it was better to part ways. Yeah, it is I, I know with any decision, and and I go through these decisions all the time as well. So so I'm, I'm imagining it's the same. With any decision, there's there's things maybe you would have done sooner, or or maybe it was it was the exact right time for you. Do you think that with the LA Galaxy playing the way that they were under Dominic Kinnear, that maybe a couple of games sooner could have could have led the LA Galaxy to the playoffs? Well, there was I think two two difficult games at home against Portland and and San Jose. Um, and with the ability to uh, to win the game at home against Vancouver, we thought, hey, maybe we uh, we can turn the corner because we had a very good stretch after the Orlando tournament. Uh, like I said last week in, in interviews and everything, I, I would be the first one to raise my hand that this is not a good uh, a good look on us, and, and there is not even the closest intention of of ending it up here. But I do think that we have some quality players. I do think that in the last two games we've shown that players uh, like to play for the club and that they actually are committed to play for the Galaxy. Uh, now, everybody can have their own opinion on, on soccer. But that, that, that's what makes it so beautiful. But on the other hand, I, I do think that uh, uh, even with, uh, uh, with the Zed results over this season, we have a little bit of sprinkle of hope in, in which we've seen in, in, cer- in certain games uh, after the stretch in Orlando, but certainly then in the last two games going forward and, and with a very clear responsibility that uh, this is not tolerable and, and needs to be better. Dennis, the, the, the way the team's constructed, and I think it, it, this is probably a two-part question whenever you look at it. Um, one, I would imagine that the pandemic has had a great effect on what you probably thought maybe this team would look like throughout this time. Uh, and two, the team is constructed. Do you think that this team has been underperforming this year, or do you think that um, you know maybe given some different breaks or some some different injuries, that type of thing, that this team was you know a good team on paper? Well, and in, in the end, the results speak for themselves. So you can't walk away from that. And and there, I I think the worst thing is to look for arguments or or, or silly. Uh, reasons why we should have been so much better. No, we weren't good, very terrible at, at, at times. Uh, but I do think, and even speaking to people that are a little bit further from our environment, that this is not a roster that, that at some point uh, should sit in last place. If, uh, if you compare this roster to other rosters in MLS, I think it's not perfect. I think that there is uh, obviously and an clear uh, opportunities to improve or grow. Uh, obviously, with some young players on the roster, you have a little bit ups and downs. But that is not something that that uh, that I think this roster fits in, in at some point, at, at even at a point being in last place. Now, thank God we got away from that one, but uh, it's not not even close to being good. And I, I don't think that uh, the, the roster reflects. Uh, the difficult times that we've gone through in the last few weeks. And I must say, it it was a, a good thing to see our performance last weekend and, and yesterday, for sure. I thought, I listened a little bit to the last part of your conversation. I did think that we had some good opportunities. And it's not easy to uh, find your way after a, such a difficult period. So a lot of credit goes, obviously, to the coaching staff and the people that have been involved and, uh, and even the players. The players never, actually, they never... 
uh, lacked any intensity or, or willingness to, to work. I think with uh, with some adjustment, actually, it, uh, it just makes it a, probably a little bit simpler for them. Let's go to uh, to Dominic Kinnear. Um, I was I was here whenever Dominic Kinnear got his first interim head coaching job um, for the LA Galaxy, and um, you know uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was was a big fan of of what Dom was able to do in a short amount of time. And again, at the end of the season, and sometimes I think that uh, interim head coaches get different sort of rules in terms of who they can play and not play, just because there's really almost you know th- there's there's only room for improvement at that time. So if you want to make changes, this is the time you're going to get the leeway to make some of those changes. Um, and Dom seems to press a lot of those right buttons. Um, you know, after that 2018 season, um, you know, Dominic Kinnear wasn't chosen. We went with Guillermo Barros-Galoto. Uh, now looking at Dominic Kinnear again, how, and I know it's premature, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, how seriously is Dominic Kinnear going to get a look for the head coaching job for the LA Galaxy? I think at the moment, uh, with what we've been going through in the last weeks and, and looking at our internal situation, we have to take a little bit of a step back. I, I think if you speak about the Galaxy and not have a clear idea what our uh, style and what our ability, how we play and what we try to present uh, is not clear or is not very easy to detect, I think we should start with that. And then based on that, you obviously find the, the right people to surround it and to, to embrace that and to even further construct that. I think we're, uh, uh, we're in, in a good need to evaluate and analyze ourselves internally very critically and, and evaluate what we're doing and where we want to go to and who are the right person. Now, not to go into any names or to any anything that has been rumored, I must I give a lot of credit, obviously, to Dom, first of all, for his career and his outstanding performances. There is not, uh, it's not just something that he end like the third winning as coach in the league. And, and also him as a person and his, uh, uh, his loyalty and, and, uh, and professionalism throughout these years have been remarkable. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I always say Dom is one of the one of the most likable guys in in Major League Soccer. So I'm sure that that doesn't make anything or any decision any easier. In, in your mind, if you're looking at a head coach, um, what you talked about it. What style does the LA Galaxy play? I think that's a lot of questions that the media covering and the fans covering this team have asked this entire season. Which is really, what is the style this LA Galaxy team is trying to play? In, in your mind, what what style should the LA Galaxy be playing? Well, I, I think, honestly, we're blessed with two very talented wingers. Uh, in, in, in what was positive last night, and obviously a, a difficult stretch, but I think Javier has, a, has an ability to play as a good number nine for the Galaxy, as long as tactically and, and, and technically he's put into the right position and, and set up in the right way, and I think he's dangerous. Uh, I must also give him credit for... Uh, looking at himself the last few weeks and, and trying to at least show the fans that he's committed and, and willing to go through a period of obviously uh, being uh, uh, hardworking and, and, and gain respect uh, and not naturally be given respect. I think that is something that is, is very positive. We have a quality midfield with Seba, uh, with Sasha, with Joe, uh, Efra, 
uh, obviously Perry is a hardworking player. I, I do think for for MLS standard that is that is uh, uh, a midfield with with where you tactically can even change up and, and play in different shapes depending on, on on the opponent. Now, challenging things have been obviously uh, the goals that we've been scored upon, very inconsistent defensively. But I must say, with, with some slight ad- adjustments in the last few games, the, we, we look more balanced, I would say, and much more, right. uh, much more in shape. So there is, I think... Uh, uh, Apart from the talent that we have, but there is there is there is a, a good group of players that hopefully can can shape up as in a in a better form. The idea and, and the way Guillermo played in Argentina was very offensive with outside backs going forward, uh, try to press as high as possible, and that has been challenging. And it is a difficult league, and the league makes it difficult because off the field there is also a lot of little things that, that, that sometimes restrict yourself in, in growing and, and you have to adjust to that and, and have the mindset, obviously, that certain things are what they are and you have to work with them. And little by little, you grow your project. Now, I must say that people that look at the Galaxy, which is that has some glamour to it, right. uh, it needs, obviously, to show for something. It needs to show ambition, it needs to show energy, and it needs to show dynamic. And I thought... Yesterday was a pretty good showing. Now, with everything that we went through and with the absences of, of Jonathan still and uh, Javier not being completely healthy, I, I think we, we showed at least that uh, that there was a good quality uh, of, of understanding in, in how they play and what to play. And yeah, but obviously it could be better, but that, that probably takes a little bit of time. That, that brings up an important point that I think uh, certainly over the this, let's say, last two or three years for sure, uh, we've seen that, you know, the, the highest paid players, the designated players for the L.A. Galaxy can't seem to stay stay healthy. You know, clearly you have guys like Christian Pavone, who's played every minute of every game this year. And, and that's that's a testament just to, to how good he is and, and how uh, solidly he, he sort of trains and keeps himself healthy, because that's a that's a ton of miles that he's put on his legs and everything else. Um, you look at at Javier, uh, you look at Jonathan Dos Santos um, and there's been a ton of injuries. You go back and you look at Ramon Alessandrini and a ton of injuries. I think the L.A. Galaxy this year have had their designated players uh, play 60 percent of the total available minutes this year. Um, what's what's is, is that just unlucky? It feels like you could make that argument if it's one year or two years. But what has been the reason that, that the designated players haven't been able to stay on the field? Uh, first of all, your conclusion is pretty spot on because it, it is extremely difficult to be uh, productive or, or compete if if you're designated players who make so much different. You see the difference that Jonathan makes. You see the difference yesterday that Javier in, in a good state of mind and in a good fitness makes. You see, obviously, Pavon week in, week out being good. We saw Slatan and, and everybody recognizes the enormous quality of, of Roman. To have these guys out, even last year, Roman uh, ended up being covered in a very uh, in a very good way by Uriel Antuna. But it's it is challenging to have Roman on the sideline. Now, Slatan is of a whole different planet, I would say. Uh, yes. But it is different. It, it is difficult, obviously. If, if and, it, and the difference that a guy like Jonathan makes is, is noticeable. And and I think it, it's for us also some of the things that internally we have to have to go through with uh, with taking responsibility in our. Uh, 
assessment, scouting processes, and, and, and the evaluation. Now, first of all, it's not so easy to get designated players into the league, and when you have them, it is an interesting uh, you know, challenge also to, to keep them producing. But there are some very good players in the league, and, and most of them, they're, uh, they're close to 100% on the field, and it makes their teams very good. Yeah, and Dennis, I know this was last minute, so if if you want, if you need to go, you let me know whenever you need to go, because I'm sure I could talk for a couple hours. So I, which nobody in this chat room would like, by the way. Um, <laughs> so so just just raise your hand and say say when you have to go. Um, well, one of the questions that I get a ton of, um, and in fact the chat room is lighting up with it uh, a bunch of times already, has really been uh, about the scouting and and so much of what the LA Galaxy has done over the years is very much shrouded in mystery whenever it comes to scouting, uh, to where scouts are how they behave, whether they're part of the uh, of the team, whether they're third party. I mean, li I'm telling you, I've been covering this team since 2009 and I have a very, very limited understanding of what happens with that. Um, and again, that's MLS for you. Sometimes it's shrouded in mystery and you're just never going to know. But I feel like this is, this is my chance to ask. I know everybody else is. How was this team set up for scouting when you arrived and how would you like to change that? Well, to be honest, I think there is uh, there is a decent uh, uh, there is a decent process, and there's there there is good people that are involved uh, uh, full time and part time. Um, but I don't I don't think, and and it was also a little bit obviously with Guillermo and and myself. I think there's no lack of context or or ability to to bring in players. Second of all, it's also a testimony to the galaxy that a lot of players want to be here now. They need, they need to be here for the right reasons. I, I, I do think that the, the current state of the league, the, the difficulty of competing in MLS, the, the expansion and, and, and the quality of players on, on all the teams uh, need, to, uh, need to go to a point that we have to grow and we have to uh, further professionalize our, our scouting process. I, I do think in the last years, uh, we've been able to bring in interesting players. Some have obviously penned out better than others. Uh, but I do think it's it's a good step forward, at least that, that there is now a lot of room to improve. There is a, there's a, a ton of players that, that we followed over the last year. It, it makes it interesting, obviously, with uh, the youth fund efforts or the youth DP efforts, uh, I do think that there is specifics to our team and I do think that we need to be very clear also and it goes a little bit to the identity of the club and how you want to present yourself. It needs to be diverse. It needs to be uh, somewhat dynamic. I, I have no, 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 no issue with big name players. I think it's, it's part of the culture of the, of the galaxy. But we also need to understand that, that first and foremost, they need to be functional and, and and good on the field and not just for, for namesake. Uh, now the league has turned into, or is turning a little bit into a, a league that, that little by little brings in younger players and look at, looking for a return on their investment. Now that is something that is not so easy and that is challenging and that you have to work through and that is something that uh, probably will take a little bit of time because MLS is now is not a league that is very prominent in an international transfer market as a seller, more as a buyer, and then as a buyer from certain areas of of, of the world, and uh, makes it challenging if you if you want to make that switch, uh, as I've seen in in 
many occasions in the last year that that will take a little bit of time. You don't get from an importing league or as a club that's always seen as buying players, all of a sudden you sell players. You have to construct it and you have to have a good plan behind it. I do think that in the last two years, one of the, the positives have been that, that we created some value for our young players that I think in the, in the upcoming future will be uh, sought after and, and hopefully at some point get an opportunity to, uh, to enrich their career somewhere else. Yeah. Um, the, the other question I'm going to attack onto that is going to be the analytics question. Obviously, analytics is a sexy thing. Everybody loves to talk about. Uh, I was sort of uh, uh, brought up under Bruce Arena, who thought analytics was funny. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's kind of changed his mind as, uh, as stuff has gone along. How much do the LA Galaxy use analytics? Um, and, and I know this question has been, been asked in, in different ways before, but is there a specific person whose job it is to do those analytics? Yes, actually, I, I personally, I like it a lot. In the Mexican Federation, I set up an entire department where, in the end, we ended up with nine full-time people uh, run by a very capable guy called Irving uh, Mendoza. He does a very good job, uses different softwares. Uh, we bought a few programs, and then we actually created, in conjunction with a, a local university, a whole uh, yeah big data kind of uh, program that, that before the World Cup in, in uh, Russia was used a lot. Now here we have people assigned to analytics. We have a video specialist who basically overlaps it a little bit with a, with a few programs. Um, the output of the players physically and the data analysis, analysis on that is very punctual within 24 hours of the games. Uh, we have people on staff uh, that work a lot with that, Adam Watterson and Will Sparks, for example. And I must say they do a very good job. Uh, one of these things I, I think could be also uh, growing into uh, to the front office to obviously support our decisions on, on players' acquisitions and, and things like that. But we do use it a lot and, and more so with the openness to even grow further that area. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Um, let's get to, and I'll ask the question this way because I usually know the answers that I'm going to get whenever I ask these. Uh, the only question I'll ask on the coaching front is, have you already made any uh, any interviews or telephone calls to potential coaching candidates for the LA Galaxy? No. No. Okay. Uh, do you have a timeline for when you think that is something that you're going to put together? I know it's always tough to, I'm not trying to hold your, your feet to the fire on this. It's just more a general idea of where you guys, um, where you guys think you're going to make a decision and how long that's going to take. Well, to be honest, and, and part of having a, a terrible season like this is that you do have some time. <laughs> more so when uh, the, the formal uh, schedules and, and, I, and, 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 and data for, 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 for next year are still a little bit up in the air uh, as everybody goes through this pandemic and, and difficult situation makes it hard for the teams to plan something with. Uh, it is very challenging to think for next year that there uh, should be games without fans, for example. I think that will sit very difficult uh, with a lot of owners. So we have to work through a lot of things. We have some time. On the other hand, we also have to take decisions. We have uh, a lot of decisions on, on player personnel, on scheduling, on programming, on scouting that we do have to make. And obviously you need to make that with uh, with a head coach in in charge, and but I, I said that, and I do think that we need to be careful. I do think we need to analyze. I do think we need to 
go a little bit deeper than than normal with what is the best uh, solution for uh, for a project for the galaxy because I, I I don't think we have a lot of margin to to make errors and uh, and we need to be sure of what we're doing. Uh, let's let's uh, focus before I lose you here. Um, let's talk about Christian Pavone. Uh, we know that he has uh, he's on loan for Boca Juniors. I know we've had you on this show and talked about Christian Pavone before. I know that uh, generally from what you said is that y- you you probably think it's pretty hard to keep him at twenty million dollars uh, as as a buy option. Uh, do you think there's any situation in which the LA Galaxy can uh, in fact buy Christian Pavone outright? Well, I, I must say that. Uh when we uh, when we when we had uh, Christian Pavone initially and the the deal was made, the numbers weren't like fantasy land numbers because these were the numbers that were actually offered for him from uh, from different teams in Europe and and his team Boca uh, was so firm in putting it in there and and we were so uh, eager to get him uh, that we thought. That obviously, well, we'll, uh, we'll do it, and, and at some point we'll see how he how he does, how he adapts, if he really wants to be here. And I think we'll get to a point that he uh, he really feels part of the club. I think you see it on the field, to be honest. Uh, in in effort wise, he's probably one of the most honest players that I've ever worked with, and quality wise, he is uh, he is very special. Uh, he also has. A, he is entitled to a bad game, once in a while. Not too many, but yes. once in a while. <laughs> and and he doesn't come up with uh, with bad games, too many bad games. But I think I think he's a he's a great example of a team player that that represents our club very well. He's a dynamic player. He is uh, off the field. He is very professional. I must say, uh, very dedicated to his job, to his girlfriend, to his family, and it's it's honestly a, a good player for us to have now. It will need in the upcoming month, I would say, some very good conversation. What the expectation expectations of Boca are uh, surrounding this? Uh, obviously, the whole pandemic and COVID issues have turned around the international tra- transfer market and put them on their back. Uh, it is very challenging for a lot of clubs to come up with high transfer sums. It is very challenging also to sell somebody even. Uh, so hopefully, we can meet with uh, with Boca and they they feel appreciated with what we would be able to offer and uh, and where we can come to a, a good a uh, good point but it's obviously it will depend a lot on the on the willingness of, of Boca to deal with this case I understand and I know for a fact that Christian would like to stay here but it has still some uh, some way to go in in discussing this with his with his club uh, let's get. I'll, I'll do this as a final question, and then we'll let you get out of here. You've been more than kind with your time, so we really appreciate you coming on. Um, but I won't let you, you end on an easy one either. Um, certainly, throughout this 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 bad season, this horrible season, uh, there's been questions of. Uh, who's responsible for you know the players on the field? Who's responsible for bringing in the players? Who's responsible for the bad performances? And I know that you take a lot of responsibility um, for that. And I would imagine that between you and Guillermo, that that's the majority of the responsibility you know on on the team for for what happens on the field and the players that are brought in. So uh, why why are you still the right guy for for this job uh, with the LA Galaxy uh, after the season? Well, first of all, about the responsibility, I've never been somebody that, that in my career has walked away from uh, uh, at least giving a face to, to and, and, and it's it's always 
difficult in, in rough times and very, very easy in good times. And I've seen both. Um, but I do think you have to be honest about it, that uh, when you're day to day and, and you work on a project and things start off okay, but then turn out to be not good, you have to really work hard. Now, uh, for me, I, I do feel very committed to this club. I do feel that there has been made a lot of progress, but I didn't want to really come out with it because I, it feels like argumenting for something that is positive while the biggest and most important piece of the club, which is the first team, hasn't been positive at least uh, this year or, or big parts of this year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, proud of the, the works that's been done in the academy, the ability to to keep the the most talented players here because that used to be a little bit different. They, for, for some reason, they always disappear to to Germany or, or wherever. Um, I thought that the run that we had and the ability of the young players on the second team has been very or even beyond promising. Uh, we were able to sign uh, the most promising players, which for the future of the Galaxy is something that I would like to see. Now, how can we translate those uh, things that, that, that we've done and give more formality to the medical staff, to analytics, to video, to scouting? Try to give as much support areas as possible in a professional way so we can be good. Now, what is the last piece is the, is the, is the first team. And obviously, uh, the most important one, and that has our highest priority, and I'm more than sure with the ability of connecting to a lot of people, not only here, but around the world, uh, we will find uh, the right people that uh, that can uh, can lead it. And, and sometimes you don't even have to look too far to be honest. Right, right. No, that's great. Dennis, we, we want to thank you for coming on. I'll have to say that um, whenever we talk about people who will answer the tough questions and not shy away from uh, from coming on shows, especially in any year that has been like this, you've always answered the bell. You always uh, respond quickly. And so uh, we, we appreciate that. I know the media respects you for it. Um, and I know the fans respect you for it as well. So uh, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. I'm sure that we will uh, catch up again, maybe in the off season, and then uh, we'll get you back during the season as well. But uh, but good luck with the uh, with the last game here. And, uh, and good Good luck in the off season. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, thank you very much. As you know, there's there's no problem to attend the call. And uh, uh, last uh, uh, season, with with some more positives, it was easy. And with some <laughs> negatives, it's not so easy. But don't shy away from that. And, and like I said, you have to take responsibility, responsibility, uh, and move forward. Now, I must say that even that the, the game for Sunday. I feel we need to take serious because that is uh, uh, that's up to us and, and to the team and the staff around it. We have to show seriousness and we have to show the best for the for the fans and everybody that uh, that obviously is connected to the team and, and make sure that we end uh, a difficult period in a, on a positive note. Yeah, it'll it'll be a long off season. Hopefully, it's not as long as I think you've hinted at, and certainly as that I've heard around the league with uh, with fans and the pandemic and sort of how things go. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's uh, just uh, just a few months and not many many months until we get back to uh, LA Galaxy soccer again. Dennis, thank you so much. We appreciate it, uh, and you have a great night. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Hello to everybody, and good night. All right, good night, Dennis. All right, there goes Dennis DeClosa, uh, LA Galaxy general manager. Uh, he is absolutely uh, excellent as always. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, trying to break all that down. I'm sure it will take a couple of weeks of all the stuff uh, that we've seen. Um, 
you know, there's some important stuff there that Dennis was able to sort of share with us and, and some things. So again, um, I've said it before and, and I think I was fair with Dennis on it is that he, he assumes a lot of responsibility for this. Um, and you know, the, the answer of why he should stay is, is a correct answer or at least a correct question to ask. Um, I, for whatever reason, and acknowledging the fact that uh, Dennis has a a lot of uh, responsibility for the, for the poor results this year, um, still think that it's correct to, to keep him on and have him in charge of this project. Uh, he's very smart. He has a lot of connections. That's important. But he has the vision and ability to put the big projects and he talked about the youth project and certainly you could hear him get excited whenever he talked about the analytics that he did with the Mexican Federation. Um, and I think that's something that if given the ability, he would certainly do with the LA galaxy as well. So, um, you know, if there's things that you are fighting for, if there's things as fans that you want to see, that's one of the things that you probably want to see, um, how much they use analytics for scouting certainly would be a a great question to sort of follow up on. It's hard. Dennis gave us, you know, 30 minutes of, of, of talk. Um, so the LA Galaxy uh, general manager on about 10 minutes note, actually, I, I texted him earlier in the day, he didn't respond. I texted him again, didn't get any response. And then two minutes before the show started, he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll come on. Um, so just to give you an idea of sort of where we were in, in the timing of the live show and everything that went on, that's Dennis. And I know that he will do that. And I know that he will answer your questions. And if you ever see him walking on the concourse, whenever we're all allowed back in the stadium, you're able to ask him these questions as well. I would just ask that you be re- respectful for it because you can tell the, the man deserves an awful lot of respect. And certainly from the media side, um, he knows what I do. Um, he knows the podcast. I'm not saying he listens, but he's certainly aware of some of the things that we talk about. Um, so he doesn't come in here blind and he's a grown man. He can handle himself. But I, I've yet to find a question that if you ask fairly, uh, he doesn't have an, an interesting uh, response and answer for. So I hope that gave you an idea of where the LA Galaxy are. And we were talking about the Seattle game. Um, you know, we were talking about the things that, that sort of happened in that game and, and how the LA Galaxy did play good. You know, Dominic Kinnear talked about it. He said uh, straight up, he said, I, you know, I thought we played well against Real Salt Lake. I thought we played better against Seattle. It's it's the correct answer. The, the results are different, different, but the way that they played was correct. If I could sit in front of Dominic Kinnear and have him listen to me talk about anything, which is some ridiculous idea that Dennis DeClosa wants to hear my thoughts on soccer, although he certainly played nice with his whole, uh, we can all have opinions about uh, football, and that's what makes it a beautiful game, right? Uh, he was, I, I think he was alluding to me and my ridiculous opinions, but if I could have anything and talk to him about, it's that Dominic Kinnear could be the answer for this team, and it's not the sexy pick, and, and you heard him. He hasn't reached out to anybody yet. All right, that's what he said. And, and to be fair... He may have sent emails because I asked him if he had picked up the phone and called any coaches yet about the coaching job, right? So um, he may be sending emails, and that was a good way to sort of get around that, uh, which, again, as a person who asks questions, um, and by the way, I should point out that in uh, in school, in high school, and elementary school, middle school, and in college, I was scared to death to ask any questions of anybody. Uh, so having done this podcast uh, for 12 years, or 12 seasons, I should say, I think I've gotten a little better at it since then, which is which it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that I can have a conversation uh, with somebody like Dennis DeClosa, who is, is, is I think, my intellectual superior in, in in almost every single way. The guy speaks like a bazillion languages and has been uh, involved in this sport, you know, since he was a little kid. Um, but if I, he would listen to me, I would sit there and tell him that you have to consider Dominic Kinnear. He's not a sexy pick. I get it. 
he's a guy who knows the league. Um, you know, he's been to, he's, he's, he's won two MLS cups. He was at the finals of two others, uh, that the LA galaxy beat the Houston dynamo at, uh, back to back in, uh, 2011 and 2012. Um, this is a guy who who commands the respect of every player on the field. So it doesn't matter if you go out and get some giant footballing name that's going to come in here and you know set LA on fire again. Um, that doesn't matter. Dominic Kinnear can handle it because Dominic Kinnear handles everybody. He's a good man manager, all right, and that's something they need. But I think he's a good tactician as well. Um, you can't tell me the LA Galaxy haven't looked more focused, uh, more in control of their game than when they have under Dominic Kinnear, and that's twice. And I almost asked Dennis if Dominic told him to go like shove it whenever they said, hey, Dom, will you be the, the interim manager again? Because I think I would have said if I was Dominic Kinnear, yeah, I'll do it, but you know, when am I going to get a fair shake in this? Um, and maybe that's why Dominic Kinnear is a professional soccer player and I'm a pretend podcaster and, and media person. Um Maybe that's maybe that's why you know Dom Dom is 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 as good as he is. Um, so having said that, it's my it's my plea. And and here's the other plea of this: next year's uncertain. So have some certainty. Have a guy who knows the team. Have a guy who will help you build it. And have a guy who's probably one of the best collaborators in Major League Soccer. Have Dominic here. Let him pick his coaching staff because you know it's going to be great. All right. Dom knows everybody. He's like Siggy. He's like Bruce in terms of he knows everybody in Major League Soccer. Right, Dominic Kinnear actually likes Scott French. I love you, Scott. Scott, I love you. So don't don't get angry. Not that you listen to this podcast, but um, but Dom actually likes Scott French, which is you know that's huge. Um, <laughs> in the chat room, RC says he's Bruce without the condescension. Yes, yes. Although Dom can throw a little shade your way. I don't know if you heard one of the one of the uh, the reporters ask a question last night. Uh, and get it whenever they got called on. Dominic Kinnear was no anybody but him, and it was a joke. But was it a joke? It wasn't a joke. Um, so, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that goes that way. And I, so that's my case for, for Dominic Kinnear. Let's get to some LA Galaxy news because now, look, we're, we're 50-something minutes into this podcast. Um, we got a great job with Dennis DeClosa, but we you don't know anything really that's coming up. And I wanted to make sure that you have there as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, by the way, Scott French and, and Dominic Kinnear go way, 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 way back. I think when Dom was playing, Scott was covering... Uh, Scott French is an institution in Los Angeles in terms of covering the LA Galaxy. Uh, Larry Morgan would also like me to point out that Larry is also an institution. No, I, I will say this for Larry. Larry is an institution in terms of covering soccer in Southern California as well. Um, the people that are covering the LA Galaxy right now um, in an independent format uh, are, are some of the best that have ever been around this club. Um, absolutely. Uh, nobody digs harder than 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 the Panda. I know. I know people don't like the Panda. I get it. Um, you know, he bristles people the wrong way sometimes. I'm telling you that nobody works harder to find out the information that people do not want to give us than Kevin Baxter. Um, you know, Scott French is just a, 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 a clinical in the terms of what he does with writing, and he covers, you know, sports preps and stuff like that. Uh, Larry Morgan has been covering sports for however many years, but like he was back in Ohio covering, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the day. Um, just an unbelievable breadth of, of what you have here. I mean, Damian Calhoun is excellent at what he does as well. So uh, there's a lot of guys who do work really hard to bring you guys information. I just would like to point that out and tip my hat to all of them because um, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy. The LA Galaxy and I have a good uh, good relationship. 
Uh, I'm not going to pretend that that's not the case. We do. I'm not going to say they're the easiest people to work with. Um, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. But that's what you get when you have a big club, obviously. Uh, Chicharito's not going to pop into my Twitch feed here. Uh, I wish I was on Twitch right now. That would have been a good joke. Um, my Twitch feed and, and suddenly come on the show. I have to work really, really, really hard, and I have to do some stuff probably in order to make that happen. So just understand the people that are covering it. Let's get to some news. Um, and I'm going to tell you the LA Galaxy team voting. We expected it to come out this week of, in terms of the the awards that we're going to get out. Remember, player of the year for the LA Galaxy, which is going to be Christian Pavone, duh. Um, and then defender of the year, which will probably be Julian Araujo, but I would imagine that uh, that Miliano and Sua is also considered for defender of the year. Uh, Pavone's going to win the Golden Boot. Humanitarian of the year, I'm guessing, is going to be Julian Araujo. Those are my guesses. Uh, I am sort of a poll worker in the in terms of I, I usually know where everybody's leaning inside the press um, that are voting that way. So keep that in mind. That's probably coming out. It might come out tomorrow on Friday, and there's media availability tomorrow. I should point that out. Dominic Kinnear will talk. We might find out if Jonathan DeSantis will be playing uh, up in Port Coover. Remember, going up to Portland, playing Vancouver uh, for the final game. So um, all that stuff is is sort of scheduled for, for then. Um, let's see. I wanted to get to... A little bit on the U.S. men's national team front and on the um, on the Mexican national team front. All right. Uh, Sebastian Legette has been called in as a replacement of Josh Sargent on the U.S. men's national team. Legette will depart before Sunday's match with Vancouver. It was interesting. Dennis said, you know, we need to take it seriously. Um, but at the same time, they're going to let Sebastian Legette go and, and miss the game on Sunday. I have no problems with that. Um, I'm not sure that those things are, are you know exclusive, that you can't take it seriously and let Sebastian Legette go um, to to the U.S. men's national team for for their games uh, against uh, Wales and Panama. And I think they're they're in England playing these games. So um, that's that's sort of one of those. Uh, one game is in Austria. One, I believe, is in uh, is in uh, England at Swansea. Oh, wait, that's in Wales. Um so that's that's one of the things coming up. Then Jonathan Dos Santos was listed on the Mexican national team uh, for going as well. Kinnear was surprised about that last night on the press conference. I invite you to go watch those videos and look at that. Uh, he was surprised by the press conference and sort of um, that that Jonathan Dos Santos had been officially called back. Ariel and Tuna also called up to the uh, to the Mexican national team. Um, there's some others there as well. Um, so. That's that's one of the things that will be interesting to see if Jonathan Dos Santos plays on Sunday, which I think is highly unlikely, um, and whether or not he will then go to Mexico after that. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos has a left calf sprain. Uh, right now, I would list him as officially. I think the Galaxy would list him as questionable for Sunday. I would say doubtful for Sunday. Uh, and then Jonathan Klinsman is the other injury, um, which we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show. But Jonathan Klinsman is a left shoulder AC sprain uh, as well. So uh, those are the injuries that I know about. Um, don't trust those MLS injury reports. They're useless. So just tear them up, throw them out whenever that comes, and then demand that MLS actually gets their injury stuff together. Um, let's see, uh, do, 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 do real quick on the standings. There are two spots open in the Eastern conference and it's the last two spots. So if you think about it, uh, eight teams out of the West and 10 teams out of the East, the eight teams in the East are locked in, uh, Philadelphia, uh, looks like they'll finish at the top. So Philadelphia, Toronto, Orlando, Columbus, New York city, uh, New England, New York Red Bulls and Nashville are your are your eight teams. That's right, expansion team Nashville. Dave Romney in there. Um, 
Uh, they they have made the playoffs. They are a lock for the playoffs. So that's uh, that's good for them. There are still two spots available right now, occupied by Montreal and Chicago Fire. Atlanta outside that line, Inter Miami outside that line, DC United outside that line. But the only one that's been eliminated in that Eastern Conference is FC Cincinnati, who are at 16 points and looks like they will be finishing at the bottom of the uh, of the total table there in the Western Conference, Sporting Kansas City is at top right now, and all eight of the positions, or at least all eight of the teams, have clinched um, their playoff spots already. So really, you can say, okay, that's that's good. <clears throat> the one thing I will say, and um, and by the way, Larry's texting in already and says he never covered the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he was at one of their first home games. Um, so I I misspoke and. Uh, and Larry has corrected me during the show. That's good. Um, he says, but I was at their first ever home game in 1970 at the old Cleveland Arena, which no longer exists. Uh, so there you go. So Larry, Larry with the uh, the the uh, fact checking online. Uh, but if you look at the Western Conference, uh, all the teams are locked in in terms of they will make the playoffs, and all the teams below that have been eliminated. So there will be no changing of uh, of of inside the playoffs, outside the playoffs tomorrow or on Sunday for the the decision day. It'll really just be about standings and seedings. Uh, the interesting thing is Colorado, of course, sits in seventh on points per game. Um, and it was almost a travesty whenever you looked at it because Colorado was going to make it and have less points than some of the other teams. Uh, but Colorado actually even deserves to be in the playoffs based off the number of games that they have played um, and the number of points that they have actually uh, received. So uh, on points alone, Colorado Rapids would still be in the playoffs. So I can't give them much, uh, much stick uh, about that whenever they have done it fairly. So uh, that's where it is. Eliminated Vancouver Whitecaps are out. LA Galaxy are out. Real Salt Lake are out. And Houston Dynamo are out. And point, important for the LA Galaxy, they could still finish last in the Western Conference. Um, <clears throat> so it's important that they get a point or they get three points uh, against Vancouver. Um, and Vancouver sits right above them. So they could jump them and possibly be in that ninth spot. So... All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else that we have in here that I wanted to get to? I think that's about it. Uh, I just want to tell you that there is a game on Sunday. Uh, obviously, it is the final uh, game of the season for the LA Galaxy on Decision Day. All games will kick off at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. This game is on Spectrum Sportsnet. Stream it however you can find it. Head over to our Discord. We usually have a way for you to watch that game. Uh, links for the Discord are certainly in this. Uh, MLS regular season finale for the LA Galaxy will be against the Vancouver Whitecaps in Portland. We call it Port Coover. Four reasons. So Sunday, November 8th, that's what you want to watch. Uh, I wouldn't expect that there would be wholesale roster changes. I think Dennis wants this this team still to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of the subs coming in are, are some of the younger guys. So uh, that's where we sit. The LA Galaxy eliminated from the playoffs. We're going to try to do a big show, although this one kind of ended up being a big show. Uh, as well, but we're going to do a big show um, hopefully here in the next week or two. Uh, we're going to try to get that settled. We'll try to get a whole bunch of guests and we'll try to uh, go through this LA Galaxy roster and really try to figure out what the offseason uh, you know, prerogatives are for this LA Galaxy team. Uh, so before I get out of here, big thanks again to Dennis DeClosa, LA Galaxy General Manager, LA Galaxy as well. Um, so everybody has been amazing, and Dennis, that was uh, that was amazing for you to call in. We really appreciate it um, very much. Uh, so I think that about does it. Uh, so you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, and then, of course, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, for all of your, uh, your podcasts, all of your listening, all that fun stuff. Uh, so uh, we have all that stuff. Uh, a little bit of a interesting show tonight. Glad everybody's joining Again, big thanks to the Galaxy. Uh, all right, for, uh, for me, I'm going to talk to you